Welcome back to today's episode. We're here to close out 2023 by talking about NBC's latest series, a 21-minute pilot just dropped a few days ago. It's a sitcom starring John Cryer, Donald Faison, Abigail Spencer. You would know him from Two and a Half Men and Scrubs, obviously, for Donald Faison. Where is Abigail Spencer from? Suits, Grey's Anatomy, Rectify, Timeless, Rectify. True Detective. So I would know her from Rectify. That's interesting. Okay, so she plays the ex-wife of John Cryer, or Jim, in the show, and then she's just about to get married to Donald Faison's character, whose name Trey is Trey. Tyler. Yes, so this is is about a couple uh, originally married uh, Jim and uh, what's it, Julia and then they get a divorce they're amicably split they even throw a party for themselves when it happens and then um, their daughter who's like a teenager she's 13 and a half and then they have a son that they're still raising together and then she falls in love with someone else and that's all that we get in the 21 minute pilot it's, it's kind of it just, just sounds like it's all exposition it's setting it all up for us in fact it's interview style like modern family where they're on a couch for most oh, they of the Side panels. Uh, they're on a couch. That's the only side panel that we oh. get is them just talking to you. And there's the coolest shot is when they pan out and you also see that Trey is there. Donald Faison's character is also <laughs> on the couch with them. The three that this is based on, because this is based on loosely inspired by a true story about the Celtics owner, his wife, and then her ex. They, all three of them are producers. Like the actual Celtics owner? Yeah. The owner of a $4 billion uh, team. Yeah. Because that was one of the things that I had a like a problem with was the fact that so the show's called extended family yeah yes and yet we only have five characters i mean throughout the whole series okay yeah. it's it's crazy to me because you look at parenthood that had a billion characters yep. in it and then you have modern family which followed three different households for like one family <laughs> and then there's also like home economics which also followed multiple households this is called extended family you would think it would have a billion characters but, but instead it's just like it's like one extended member. It's a it's a sitcom though, right? And by that I mean it has a laugh track. They're all track sitcoms. To, it has a Modern laugh family. track to it. So Modern Family only, is a sitcom too. But that doesn't have a laugh track. I think that they're trying to go back almost to like the 80s and 90s. It did remind me a little bit more like the Punky Brewster pilot that we've done, the Lopez show pilot that we did. Lopez v. Lopez. Yes, and then Frasier. But Frasier this year was, I think, a lot better than this show. The problem, there's a, there's a few of them, but like when you see Donald Faison on the screen, yes. you want to see him with Zach Braff. And you want to see that camaraderie. You want to see that friendship blossom. That's why they have a podcast together, yeah. And so John Cryer is no Zach Braff, while Donald Faison is no Charlie Sheen. Oh. Because when you see him on the stage, you just want to see him interact with his brother. You don't want to see him interact with Donald Faison. You don't want to see him interact with Ashton Are Kutcher. you saying that you want to see John Cryer be the heart of the show? Because no, that's what his Alan character was. is. Their characters are pretty similar to what they were in the other shows, but their team members are not mm. like so it's just a different vibe that you're getting between the two it doesn't of them. mesh well no and not saying that it's a good show it's just not good good it's like one of those ones where it's going to last a season and then it's probably going to get shelved i'm going to give the pilot a four out of ten which sounds low but that just means it's a little below just standard sitcom thing because it, it does have pilotitis in it uh there's a lot of exposition i i have a problem with any show that tries to kill a goldfish because the guy overfed it and also because uh, they keep their goldfish in a, um, what, what is it called? Just a, a, a You're talking a, about the small bowls. People should know at this point, like you don't put goldfish in bowls. Maybe it's just because I've had goldfish in the past and it's just insane that people are still doing that in 2023. But like you you can make them live for like 15, 20 years if you just treat them right. So how much does the pilot spend on the goldfish that's, storyline? That's the entire backdrop to the episode. Like the first primary thing that we're supposed to be introduced to is 
everybody's relationship with one another. So it's yes, an introduction right. of all the characters. But the main central plot point is the fact that they have to lie to their 13-year-old kid because they killed her goldfish, mm-hmm. and then they stuck it in the freezer, and then they replaced it with another goldfish. And then the brother walks in and says, hey, your goldfish is dead, and that's it. That's the end of the episode. But you're saying that the show, I know you gave it 4 out of 10, but you said the show is a good show. So I'm, I'm, I'm struggling like, to see where... So the good, the goodness is the comic timing. Everybody there is a professional. John Cryer, Donald Faison, they know when to hit their marks. The girl, the 21-year-old, knows how to do a dialogue. She just seems older than her years because she is. She's, it was her first role. So, I, yeah. It, yeah, but you can tell like she's talented. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like, uh, what was it, Caitlin Devers or whatever from The Last Man Standing or whatever where she's stuck yeah. in that role but then you see like her take off in her movie career i could totally see that with this lady but it's just like you could also tell it was her first role because she was committing her lines almost like theatrically where where uh she had it so memorized but she is the most mature one in the room kind of like jake everybody has already become sort of flanderized if that makes sense huh. so so like with john crier i remember in two and a half men when he started off on that show with alan they tried to make him more the um the voice of reason yeah and then by like by the time ashton kutcher was there he was just a complete mooch he was just a leech he, he wouldn't care about how he came across but like that whole he's kind of like that here too because here he's lying to his daughter that's his first motive like that's the first thing he does they're goofy parents because again they threw a party for when they got divorced his wife is already getting married to this new guy, and he doesn't seem to care. He's just laughing at, at, at the fact that that's happening. Did you ever see the Andy Samberg movie that I did with Rashida Jones, where it seems like it's following a similar premise, where they're, like, divorced, but then they agree to become best friends and then start hanging out with each other? No, but it feels like, like such a common arc at this point. Like, it, it, and it kind of does feel like he's the cuck of the series. <laughs> like, it's just strange but it's that's but he he seems to always play that character like you're saying mm. i know that finn sweeney jimmy jr he also played barry's son in the movie version of barry if you remember the finale when they did the documentary there and then barry's son was played by him okay. so he actually has more acting experience than the daughter but it seems that even though the reviews haven't been great for the show because it does have like a 4.8 on imdb around 150 reviews the acting has been praised so i'm glad to hear yeah, that you're the acting is fine it's more the characters themselves either the the characters have been written too closely to what the these guys have played before or something like with uh the fact that the guy is a boston celtics owner of a four billion dollar team right yeah and and yet he only hangs out with jim and grace the entire episode besides rick fox like you think his phone rick fox is his guest star but like you'd think that his phone would be blowing up constantly that he would be in the middle of meetings that he would be doing a plenty of other things other than being the uh like the third wheel to um jim and grace trying to describe to their daughter that they're fishing i i know that when they were talking about the show and they were talking about writing it uh i think that they really had to redo it because not only did they include even though you said the kids aren't in it that much a lot more scenes with the kids it was supposed to focus around him being the celtics owner and i think that uh, like at the very end because they're getting remarried or not remarried but trey and julie are now getting married and they want jim's blessing so jim asked to go to the luxury suite of Boston Celtics of uh, uh, the basketball yeah. game and steal a bunch of swag. And so that's what he's doing at the very end. But it's not like they're going to concentrate on his business deals too much. They did make a point of saying that he'd been canceled because he uh, made a, a ill remark about um, how redheads are, there are no like step kid redheads. 
and because his he's he owns the Celtics, and that's like a bunch of the population in Ireland or something, he pissed off a lot of people. I, I think they were looking for the most or least diverse way of like showing that he was a racist. I don't know. Well, <laughs> it was weird. I think that the show was mainly made because Wick Grusbeck, he's the Celtics owner. Yeah. He uh he kind of knew that he had this odd relationship with his wife and his ex. So then he went to the Boston Red Sox owner and the Boston Red Sox owner was like, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to make a show based off of this premise. And the Boston Red Sox owner is like a TV producer. He's worked on a ton of different comedies. Oh, like, I should know who it is. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's, he's done like the Cosby show, that 70s show. I mean, he has like, he's been producing shows going back decades. Mm -hmm. And then after that, Michael Malley, who I never recognized by name, but you would definitely know him. He played the principal in Wayne. He even was a justified villain for a full season. He's acted in a ton. He's written a ton. He's produced a ton. This reminds me of uh, Bookie, that TV show, because the person who created that was not only Chuck Lorre, but also Salem the Cat. Yeah. So, so they always have some form of comedy that they're pulling from. And, and, and his whole, like, the whole show there, I think, is that there's a guy who's, um, like, collecting debts on people yeah. because he is he, he is a bookie. But, like, he knew that because of the sports gambling that uh, the guy, I wish I knew his name, the Salem dude uh, knew. Like, the Chuck Lorre went to that guy for that purpose. Well, and Michael Malley, he even worked on Heels, which we reviewed and I put on one of my top, like, best of or worst of of the year at one point. But, yeah, he, he, he learned who was attached to it. He learned that the Celtics and the Red Sox uh, people were attached to it. And since he's such an avid sports fan, he was like, yes, I absolutely want it. For some reason, he has the credit as being created, even though, like I said, this is based off of the Celtics owner. But then they also got James Widows, who's not only acted in a ton, but also produced a lot and directed a lot of TV. He directed this episode. He even directed one of your favorite comedies, Till Death. He's done King of Queens. It's my favorite comedy because of how bad it got. Not well, because I was just like in love. It's not Scrubs. Scrubs is actually a legitimately amazing comedy. He, he so might, seeing Donald Faze on there was great. He might have done, I think, a couple episodes of Scrubs. But also he has a connection with Don Cryer from Two and a Half Men. It does Mom, make me sad that Donald Faze on is getting older. Like I, at first when you see the ads to the program, you can't tell. But like when you look closely, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're aging uh, a bit. With Donald <laughs> Faze on, he's done, I think, like the least to promote the show. Even huh. the ex, who, who the, who's the actual ex, like I said, is co-producing the series. But, like, uh, Abigail Spencer, she has done a lot of interviews for it. John Cryer as well. And Michael Malley. So, it seems like whenever we, like, kind of go to the Donald phase on, he, for some reason, I guess, was too busy. Compared to, because I know you saw Bookie, right? Yeah. You, you said that that was pretty good, right? Yeah, I would give it probably, like, a 7 out of 10. It is weird that 10 years after the drama of Two and a Half Men, that John Cryer comes out with a new show that I'm saying probably won't get past the first season and you're saying Bookie which had Charlie Sheen show up at least in one episode and also the return of the kid from Two and a Half Men uh, what's his name? <laughs> uh, August T. Jones. August T. Jones. Jones yeah, yeah yeah he was also in the pilot to that like that they would and Chuck Lorre would all be on what looks to be a successful show well, on yeah. It's interesting you say that you're not sure if this is going to be picked up for a second season. Oh has it already because, Well no oh, okay. not yet but it, this was it just kept on running into so much much good luck because around the time that Michael Malley and everyone was attached to it, I'm not sure if they had shot a test pilot for it yet, but uh, six NBC pilots for off-cycle consideration were being looked at. The other ones were Lopez v. Lopez, 
found in the irrational. Those were the ones that were picked up. And I know, yes. But yeah. then Unbroken, a series that was ultimately considered at the time to be uh, starring Scott Bakula, that never made it to air. And then Hungry was a uh, show that was going to star Ariel Winter and was picked up originally, but was canceled. And then, but with like things like Found, I remember that had such a popular, it was like the biggest Peacock launch viewership wise. I think The Irrational has been already renewed for season two, I believe so. Mm -hmm. Lopez v. Lopez, I know, did good. So this is the last any show of those to come out. in season replacements, though. I feel like a lot of them came out, like they kept Found it's, and Irrational yeah, well, uh, in the back burner because they knew that with the writer's strike that they would be the only TV, the only TV networks that would have scripted content coming out in September. So that's what led them to have that. So the SAG after strike did yeah. affect this. They they did six episodes. They were all complete. And then uh, they it hit it back. and it was supposed to be 13 episodes. Mm -hmm. I think it still is supposed to be 13 episodes. And then right afterwards, it was one of the first series to come back. So for the kid only, because he's the only one who's not an adult, you might see a difference in his age because <laughs> of those six months that go by. But uh, other than that, yeah, uh, Grace is, is much older than she, she and I, I know she, that she is. For the Celtics, they had to go to the NBA thinking that the NBA was going to say that they couldn't use the name, but not only did the NBA say go for and it, the logos. They, they allowed them to use the exterior shot of the actual game, and the pilot was being filmed at the time that the Celtics were in the finals in 2022, so to celebrate, a lot of the crew went to the game like courtside after they finished the pilot. It's not the Pistons, it's not the Spurs, right? But like some basketball team right now is on the biggest losing streak of all time. Like and, uh -huh. and and uh, and it would be really funny if it had been the Celtics. Well, it's not. Was it, it was it the Golden State Warriors? Because no, that's who they were facing. Yeah, the Golden no. State Warriors is Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah, team. I know. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're still okay. <laughs> they're not as good. It has one. I don't think it has a tomato meter yet, but it has one Ron on Ron Tomatoes, and the reviews have not been good for it. That's why I think when they heard that the Celtics owner just wanted to make a premise for the TV show, that was probably maybe not the best move because Hollywood Reporter said to skip it. Or it's, actually, sorry, that's the side. It's hard when the main, main character, because it did feel like John Cryer was the, the main guy here, his is so hapless, so socially awkward. So, like, he's he's the same as he was as Alan, except now he feels like he's even more central to the plot. Which he, was, he was scared to go back to live taping comedy. And really? He didn't, yeah. Because he, he's, he's done a fair amount. Well, I think that this is his return to it, especially after something as big as Two and a Half Men was, which ran for, like, 12 seasons. Yeah. But he says it's exhausting and said that he was paralyzed with fear beforehand. So that you might know, now that you say live taping too, it does make sense why Grace's lines came off like so um yeah it, an actual live studio audience yeah right yeah and again she it seems like she's gonna have a big uh name in the industry eventually but like this was definitely one of those clips you'll see in the future and be like oh yeah that's how she started off this is a little stiff <laughs> like the hollywood reporter said extended family has the bones to be a memorable sitcom but only the desire to be something generally relatable yeah uh, they they try to do that old boomer humor too of like oh there's an app on my phone that allows you to look at me or find me and it's like yeah. i'm just i'm just surprised that a series especially in 2023 still coming out because we've done things like the punky brewster pilot the crew uh the upshaws all these shows had laugh tracks to them and even though it was a live studio audience fail. they all fail even fraser like you were saying got really bad reviews the revival version really did it though because i like fraser and i the reviews i saw were, were okay 
Like, he got like a seven on IMDb. I'm just saying that it's, it, there's nothing, there's no party down where it's like it comes back after or something of that nature comes back and it gets like great reviews with a laugh track. Well, when you're looking at the past and you see Friends and you see Two and a Half Men and you see Big Bang Theory, again, a lot of Chuck Lorre shows, but uh, it, all with laugh tracks, right? Yes. And you see how successful they were. It's like you may fail 10 times, but if you get one gem, one that becomes like the biggest show of all time, even a how I met your mother uh like uh, then then it pays off then it pays yeah, for everything else but what but what gem especially in the 2023 is has that been in the last few years with a laugh track well that's what I'm saying is like it's bound to happen one day and why not cast people who've already shown that they have like uh I just don't like the relationship between the three I think that the whole title of it sounds kind of cool extended family they could do a lot with that they could bring in more members they could flip them out you know maybe john cryer's only there for a season and then he comes back in season three and everybody loves him um but but yeah for for just the starting part it it feels like it's stumbling out of the gate and uh i did like when he walks into his apartment because it's always going to be mapped that way forever and ever and ever uh he had a big 1939 world's fair um, a poster in the background, which just seems very strange. And then there was also uh, Dice Games, which I, I guess that's its own board game. So it's something called Dice Games. And so I was I looking around those it. for uh, things like that later. They also do the Kitchen Room and then the Celtics uh, Luxury Suite. But I'm not sure if they're going to add any more sets to it before it's done. But other than that, anything else you wanted to talk about? Really fast. Oh, the name of the goldfish was Google's, in case you were wondering. Yes, and that was actually the name of the goldfish that died when uh, the Celtics owner ended up accidentally killing it. It's a cool name life. for a goldfish. I didn't like that he stuck it in his mouth uh, like uh, the, the wolf on Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we did our best and worst of episode of 2023 in the middle of December, and since then, we've only done a couple episodes, but I was wondering out of all the shows we've done since then, would they end up, any of them, on any of your best or worst? Like December, year? what, 6th or 7th or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so, no. Yeah, same with me. So those lists stand as they I are. Will, I will point out that uh, this is the end of the year, so no more episodes until January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, whatever, um, and the first show that we're going to be doing next year is called is based off the Harlan Coben book, and I think it's called um, Fool Me Once, mm-hmm. and I have read that at one point, so it should be interesting to see how the show is. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye. Bye.